Hello and welcome. This is a podcast for all you freaky and strange events and arts pros out there who love this nutty little industry. We don't know why we do it to ourselves, but we do it with a big old smile. Uh, We have made the 212 podcast to find out the whys and the who's of the industry and hopefully bring a bit of happiness to your day. Um, Our guest today um, on the podcast um, has worked across three continents and multiple countries, um, including the US and Portugal. Um, He is known as the Swiss Army Knife of events. He speaks four languages and has a holistic background in events, having worked in music, fashion, the drinks industry and NGOs and uh, charity organisations. And breathe. Please welcome today's guest. It is Mario Matos. Uh, How are you and where are you at the moment, Mario? Hello, everyone. Thank you so much for having me. I am good, and uh, it's the first time I think I've heard someone uh, calling me a Swiss Army Life of Events <laughs> out loud. So, thanks for that. That's um, that's going to take some time to uh, to adjust. Um, I'm very, I'm, <laughs> no, I'm very well. I'm in um, I'm in uh, I'm in Great London. It's a uh, it's a lovely uh, grey morning today, but uh, I'm in London, and uh, yes, I'm very well. Thank you very much. Thanks for having me. Perfect. I guess let's uh, let's start at the beginning. Um, I guess a lot of people find different paths to get into events. Um, there's multiple people that have family members that have they've managed to worm their way in. Actually, sometimes probably not for for the good. <laughs> there's probably a lot of terrible people in events that have got in through family members. But um, how did you get into event? When do you remember when the first the first event that you did and um, how and what that was? Um, yeah, I mean, it's going back a few years, but um, I mean, first and foremost, I think from uh, my uh, my teen years in Portugal, I um, when I first started to go out and um, you know, getting into electronic music, uh, the early days of electronic music, and what we used to get in Portugal was a lot of uh, uh, European led music, I think, a lot of it, especially from uh, from Amsterdam and some of it from uh, from Germany in those early days, but um. We used to go to the discotheque, uh, believe it or not, that's what it was called. <laughs> and, uh, and I've always felt at home. And um, and it's funny how sometimes, you know, some of us in the industry or, or you know, both from people who attend or, or people who put on, put on events, sometimes refer to that environment as uh, as our church. Um, I, I have to definitely say that's something that's always resonated with me, even before you know, that term was ever used or I haven't used, used it myself. So that kind of affinity with, with that environment started from that uh, from that early age back in the day in Lisbon, uh, knocking around to a few local clubs. Um, fast forward to 1995, when I moved to, uh, to London, I um, first started working in, um, as you rightly pointed out, in one of my, uh, my, my early uh, career, Ventures in uh, in retail, and whilst working in retail, I um, met a chap called Gareth Chapel. Uh, he and his friends uh, were running nights uh, in Bournemouth, and then moved to London a night called Halo. And uh, Gareth came into uh, replay. I think it's about two thousand and three. Uh, he came into replay, and um, he was giving out CDs and giving our guest lists. We uh, struck up a friendship and uh, gave me one of the CDs. Love the music. Um, really, really amazing tech house uh, and Jack in house. And uh, sort of kind of got and, you know, got to know the guys. And then from that, start getting involved in some of their events. 
as well as doing some events um, in Greenwich, um, where uh, where I live. So yeah, there's pretty much. So so was Halo like the first uh, kind of little venture in, or were you doing your own kind of side hustle gigs, or what's the? Yeah, so basically it was almost simultaneously. So as I met the Halo guys, then I started doing my own uh, sidelines, not at the level uh, uh, that they were doing it, because they were doing it for, you know, some years back. Uh, And uh, I then kind of sort of felt that, yeah, this is something I ought to get into. There wasn't really much uh, that was uh, um, offering on offer uh, from that genre um, in Greenish, well, at least that I was aware. So, you know, took it upon myself to uh, uh, get together with, um, uh, with a friend of mine, uh, Del, and uh, we did a night called Devolution, and we actually did a gig, um, um, a party at uh, Goldsmith uh, Student Union uh, Bar. So then um, we had some, uh, you know, some, some people affiliated with, uh, with Bedrock Records coming down to play so yeah pretty yeah pretty, pretty do you so remember do you remember that first kind of like i think we all uh, everyone in the events industry they understand when you talk about the buzz of how it made you how it made you feel you kind of do get a little bit of a i don't know excitement that you've kind of put that on or you've created something that everyone's getting great joy from Oh yeah, one hundred percent, one hundred percent. I mean, basically, the, the the same bars that I've always had from being on a dance floor and being amongst it all and being with people, dancing, vibing, and just basically being taken away by the music and the atmosphere. I kind of get the same feel when you know when you put on the event with the added stress, of course. Let's not forget about it. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> once uh, once you've acclimatized um, with the stress, then yeah, you definitely do take a step back. And you look around and you see people enjoying themselves and you see the smiles on their faces. You know, sounds cheesy, but it is true. And you see them just, you know, just, just going for it. And the people that are uh, a part of it, you know, from, you know, from your, from your bar team, from your security, uh, you know, to the performance, uh, to the performance, rather, everyone putting, everyone coming together to, uh, you know, to, to put something special uh, for those that have obviously out of everyone else, all the places they could have gone, they've chosen to come. To you and to to uh, to the curation, um, you know you've uh, you know you've you've concussed. So it's uh, yeah, it's amazing. And it is it is it's it's strange you say that because it's um, it is uh, it does seem to be one of the only industries that I know of that that everyone speaks. You, you go from top to bottom. You know you you ha- you speak to the cleaner. You've got the venue manager. You've got the um, the acts. You've got everyone is it, you speak to everyone you're that kind of conduit between between everyone you know um yeah. so there's a massive amount of stakeholder management yeah no 100 percent, 100 percent. i mean it's extremely logistics led and um and i think i mean I'm obviously i can only speak for myself i think it really helps if you are a people's person and it also helps if you've got a a diverse um background in terms of experience so obviously you can understand how and uh, how things work and, and how you need to go about to ensure that things work because you know there is you know a lot of hoops to jump uh in order to make sure that everything runs smoothly and um and everyone basically has a great time i mean but then again you know as you know <laughs> for uh for, for all the best laid plans um things can, still <laughs> go, things can still go and often go sideways from smoking machines not working 
playing happen. I'm still uh, waiting for a perfect 100% event, which has gone completely smooth. Good luck, good luck with that, my friend. Still if waiting. You one, you'd probably get put off because sometimes <laughs> <laughs> it's the it's the unexpected uh, that also is parts of that buzz because when you're faced with one of those situations and you got to think on your feet and you got to quickly move and it's fight or flight and um, and then you got to fight because if you don't then you know curtains down lights all up thanks That's very it. much Shalabush. <laughs> you do have you you know fight or flight that like you said there you do kind of have to think on your feet quite a, quite a bit and and the the adrenaline obviously runs through you as the because you're kind of seeing what's happening as as it's going and you have to kind of put these fires out I guess after having such a high like that, do you still get post-event blues, like the, uh, the the downtime afterwards? No, yeah, 100%. I mean, I think it's also, you know, definitely worth mentioning that uh, it's not a one-man band. I mean, um, all of those situations uh, that, that can potentially come about, they, you know, 100% dealt with by, you know, your, your immediate team and, you know, you yourself being part of that team. Um, so that's obviously how you get by, you buzz off each other, you feed off each other, and you have that sort of, you know, uh, that trust, that aside, you know, the camaraderie and that's kind of, um, you know, relying on, knowing that you can rely on, you know, the, the person to your left and the person to your right. You know. Do you think, um, do you think when you think of your, uh, so the best places that you've worked at or the... Um, the best companies or best gigs that you've you've done. Do you think of them more as the the caliber of event that you ran or the people that you worked with? One hundred percent and categorically the people. Yeah, it's the people, and I think that f- from my point of view, that's how I see everything in life. Um, my intent, even in terms of my life philosophy, I think um, I'm a people's person. I'm, I'm I'm someone that if I see something amazing. I immediately want to know who's done it because I value the human uh, influence, the human impact, uh, the human involvement in, in any in, in everything. So I see something amazing. I see the person, or at least I want to see the person because I know that that's come from a fellow human being. Um, yeah. Or, or it stemmed from them or the idea stemmed from them. And I find that's fascinating. And I think it's something that obviously needs to be celebrated. Um, and it needs to continue to be celebrated. In some occasions, it's not celebrated enough. With your family and friends, is there a, a festival or event that you remember with your family or friends that you always always kind of brings a really emotive feeling? Is there like one in particular that you remember going to with your friends or even working at? Because obviously a lot of events professionals have events people that they work with as well is there one that stands out in particular that you always brings a, whether it's work or work or play um that really brings uh, a great memory to you oh god i mean there's so many there's so many but i think look you know with massive massive love and respect to all the events and and and, and the clubs and uh, and the gigs i've ever you know had the the, you know, the opportunity uh, in a uh, to, to, to be a part of or, or to be involved with or, or even just to, to witness um, massive, massive respect and love to everyone. But obviously, you know, for me personally, anyways, the Holy Grail, obviously, it's got to be Black Rock City, Black Rock City, Stateside, Burning Man, baby. That's, um, <laughs> yeah, 
So what makes all... that so special? Like what, what, how many times have you been like, what's, what, what is, what's different about that? Cause it's something that everyone talks about and it's just, what is, uh, Oh God, I mean, where do I start? I mean, I've not been there many times. I've only been six times. Uh, only. <laughs> only. <laughs> oh, trust me, that's, that's not a lot. I mean, uh, my friend, my good friend, Donnie Dalgo, I think he's on, he's on double digits. <laughs> he's, he's, he's on the end and then he's on double digits. So I've still, I've still got some catching up to do. No, it's, it's just amazing. And it's so funny because I always remember it because I remember like um, years back, I remember I was living in... Um, in the, in the far end of southeast London, Thamesmead. Um, and I remember watching that late at night. I'm, I'm a bit of a, I'm a bit of a night owl. Uh, I remember watching late at night a documentary. I think it was on BBC Two. Uh, um, there was a, it must have been a documentary. Um, and all I remember seeing, I think I was doing other things at the time. You know, probably with you know, my head buried in the computer glancing at the telly every every so often. And as I put my head up in one of those occasions, I remember seeing a strange backdrop. It looked like people were on the moon, like white, plain, cracked surface, dust everywhere. Now and again, you'd see a random image. Now and again, you see this intricate art car, you know, like a walking spider or something. I was like, whoa, 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 stop the press. You know, computer down, what exactly am I watching? And I started watching it, and it was, you know, let me think, it's just going to be early 2000, right? And something in me, my heart just dropped, something in me just said, wow, aren't humans amazing? Look at the lengths in which they go and what they do to have a good time. That's literally what entered into my mind. And I just, and I felt, and and that was it. And then about, you know, five, six years later or so, me and my best friend, John Reckham, found ourselves there for the courtesy of some good friends that uh, were already going, uh, Simon, Dave, Cher, uh, I mean, so many, you know, excuse me if I've forgotten um, some of them. I haven't forgotten, but there were so many, Scott, so on and so on. They'd all gone and we've joined them for the first time and completely, completely newbies to it. And this was before kind of Facebook was big and Instagram was big and you know, people were like taking pictures. So it was very, still, still, from my perspective, it was still very raw. And there was just a sense of community, a sense of people that just kind of found themselves for some bizarre reason. They needed to kind of go in this kind of pilgrimage, I see it, uh, to, you know, the, 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 you know to, to, to dry that lake bed uh, in Nevada to kind of be the best version of themselves. You know, and that just really struck a chord with me. And then I realized, listen, Bernie Man's actually everywhere. It's not just there. And I've taken that philosophy and that view with me everywhere I go. Um, and I've met like-minded people. And and like I said, being a people's person, anything that is positive, you know, to 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 our species, to humanity, uh, and makes people be better. Um, it's I, I, I think. Well, so I guess what, so. I guess the that's a scenario where expectation versus reality was actually met like you watched it you saw it on tv you thought this looks absolutely nuts uh went there and it was exactly what you exactly what it said on the tin 
Yeah, it was more. It was more. And the, and the funny thing is, when I saw TV, I, I kid you not, I mean, you know, I, I wasn't, you know, my circumstances there, you know, I think I was just, you know, it was early days. I moved in 95, you know, I was 17 when I moved to London. So it was still early days for me. I, I honest to God, Dan, I literally, when I said what I said, it was almost like when I see, uh, and, and, I, and I don't mean to sound like too, okay, that's a bit much. But no, it is like when I see, you know, uh, something that is, you know, like what I think is beyond me. Do you see what I mean? Nah, I, that's not something I'm ever going to get to do, you know? Uh, and, and, and it was true at the time. I mean, times have changed and the accessibility and and things have, you know, now been made available not only to me but to others. But there's still a lot of people in this world that will live and, and, and you know, in, in, in meager situations. And, and, and some things really still seem like just a, a faraway dream. And at the time, that seemed like a faraway dream. And it came to fruition. So, yeah, it, it was it was it was very, very special. Um, I guess that's but, that that going to that kind of being on that electro electronic scene. Then there's the festivals, uh, obviously, with the Burning Man. Then you've also got your um, there's the fashion element that you were mentioning earlier as well in retail. Do you think there's any there's some crossover within the different industries? Have you taken what you've learned? from working in music to fashion events and vice versa is there is there a crossover do you think oh yeah like 100 percent, 100 percent. i mean even recently i was um watching something on uh, on instagram and uh, just you know as i was just like you know kind of flicking through it and uh, and i saw something uh an interview with um, richie alton and uh, and he was talking about how he was just you know did uh, the Prada show, and he did an original track for it. And this is something obviously you know that you know obviously always took place, but uh, but you know that it's there. And and um, even in film, you see uh, a lot of it, especially with electronic music now, kind of being recognised. Not just them using kind of generic uh, uh, background music or ambience music to kind of fit uh, a particular scene whilst they're shooting they're actually inviting um you know established djs producers musicians to actually be a part of it so then that's kind of completing that that circle so in this it's the same thing uh with, with with fashion retail it's all about expression it's all about arts as well in, in you know in, in in some shape way or form if it feels like there's there's the creativity is the crossover isn't it it's how do you think, um, obviously we mentioned there you worked in, in kind of multiple different countries and, and you're, you're Portuguese as well, Mario? Yes, I was born yes. in Mozambique, raised in Portugal, yes. Yeah. Um, how do you think, because I, I guess from my point of view, I've, I've lived in three different countries and I, I, I guess I've learned something from each of those countries that I've lived in and, and some of the countries that I've worked in as well. How do you think working in the different countries changes uh, within the industry and within the people that you have to deal with? I guess different countries equals different styles and dynamics. How do you find putting on the different hats for each job works for you? Yeah, I mean, you'd think so. But I think, I mean, look, I mean, from my experience anyways, I mean, maybe it's because of obviously the the attitude that I try and, and, and approach things with, which is, you know, inclusivity and being positive and, and, you know, and trying to get the best out of people and, you know, and, you know, and maybe, you know, to a fault, but always, you know, putting a lot of faith and trust in people. So I always, you know, endeavor to, to approach with that because I think it, it is also, and I think that's a huge factor, um, you know, it, of course it does vary, but I think ultimately everyone does want to 
achieve the same goal, which is to put on, you know, a great event so people can come in and enjoy and they can express their, their you know, their, their artistic creativity. So, you know, from my experience, it's always been, uh, you know, positive, but also, you know, a learning curve, um, you know, in the, in a lot of instances. But I, I, I just think it's like, it's like with anything, there's different cultures, different ways of doing things. But you yourself as an individual, you come in with one view, one approach, uh, and provided you have, you know, you're, you know, a good bedside manner and, you know, not to read people, not to approach things, and um, you know, it can be diplomatic. You know, you can pretty much get anything done. And and as we all know, in events, that that doesn't actually come natural to some people. That's something that. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I guess, like speaking more about specifically about Portugal, how do you run? How do they run things there in comparison to uh, other places you've you've now worked? Is can you kind of see the differences, or is it as it? Have you worked in too many places that has become an amalgamation of one? Yeah, no, definitely. I think I think uh, uh, I'll definitely be leaning more to um, to the latter rather than the former uh, from my own from my own obviously personal experience. But I mean, growing up there and you know and knowing how passionate you know the Portuguese people are, um, you know, historically. So that's always something I think that's translated in you know in everything they do and you know and especially in the scene as well in the early days. Um, they've always been, you know, pioneers. Probably some, some of, you know, I'll say unsung heroes uh, in the scene. There's, a, there's amazing, amazing talent there that's probably not um, as widely known as they ought to be. And I think there's just a matter of time. Um, but you know, I've got a lot of people liking it to, to the scene in Berlin and and and, um, and the scene in Barcelona, for instance. But obviously, for some reason or or, or other, not 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 as well publicised. And that's one of the things that led me to go there in 2018 to go back home in 2018 and put um, RPMM, which stands for Representing People Busy Movement. And hand on my heart, uh, my my goal was really to 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 be you know to contribute towards that bridge between um, the talent there and the international talent. Although obviously, you know, don't get me wrong, within the industry, you know. That's, that's that's a well-known factor, um, but I think it's not possibly as, as widely known as things you and I were to pick. You know, some other some other places. You know, like to I mentioned, you know, Berlin and Barcelona, things so in the US. Um, you know, it's it's well known, and I think the same maybe uh, something could even be said about Australia. I think there's yeah. a lot of talent there. And it's you know it's still a little bit you know uncharted waters. Um, so what's the what's with with RPMN? So you that's that's your project or you're working or you're collaborating with um, with people. What are the other things? Is, is that is that right? Is that your? Yeah, that's my baby. That's my baby. Yeah. You know, I, I you know it, it came about you know again this desire of wanting to to champion uh, um, unsung talents. Um, my uh, the, the the lads uh, I was uh, you know i still am good friends with and, uh, and kind of contributed with at halo they they were just you know amazing amazing talented super inspiring uh I, you know, learned so much from them and i just felt that they ought to be on a higher platform mm. in my humble opinion and, and yeah and i just you know decided that i you know i needed to to do something about it um, and that was in combination with uh, a friend of mine that I, uh, you know, became, you know, a very good dear friend that I met in Berlin 
Victor Magalhães um, is from Porto. Um, we struck, uh, I met him and his lovely wife, cause, um, uh, and his lovely wife in, in, uh, in Berlin. Um, and we struck up a friendship, we were talking about Portugal, the, you know, the, 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 the things I, uh, no, just, uh, I was just saying. And uh, we said, yeah, you know, we should do something, we should do something. That's how, you know, then that, that's how the whole thing came about. And then when thinking about what I was going to kind of call this, this project, um, you know, RPMM, and this was nothing to do with BPM, and I want to go on record to say that <laughs> RPMM came to mind because I wanted, I wanted it to mean something, um, and it means representing people, music, movement, and as it's growing, that's becoming so apparent, and it's, and it's really, you know, and, and I think it's really going to carry the brand. Well, I guess that ties in with, I guess, other people's thought process at the moment um especially within the industry like what what have you learned since the c word has been around you know has it allowed you to spend time with your family concentrate on a project you've had on the back burner for a while for you has this been the kind of main driver that 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 you've seen um in terms of since everything's happened is this is this the project that you've that you've really been focusing on, or have you got multiple that you've got going on? Um, and have you had the ability to kind of step back and and then reevaluate a little bit? No, yeah, one hundred percent. I mean, COVID has been it's been an eye opener. Um, you know, it's uh, it's uh, probably a conversation for um, another time because there is so many aspects of it. Um, that uh, I'd love to get into um, into it with you uh, and your listeners, but uh, you know the shorts of it. Yeah, I mean it's been it's been highly impactful. I mean my uh, you know my family was slightly affected by it. My brother and sister, I had their but thank uh, thank the universe they're fine. I've been impacted by it financially as well with work. You know, uh, working on um, the front lines of um, FMCG in the drinks industry as an account manager. That grinded to a, to a, to a north, but to join a well-known um, beverage brand, and unfortunately because of it, that uh, that um, that was paused. And as that was paused, I decided to fully engage in my project. So I've got a a fashion brand, a sustainable fashion brand called Wild Buffalo in Robin Falls. What um, what's it called, Mary? Wild Buffalo. Uh, <laughs> yeah, it's a bit of a mouthful. It's a Wild Buffalo and Rob Unfold. It's a double barrel name. Uh, the short of it's double BRU, but Wild Buffalo and Robin Fold. And basically, it's a forward thinking, sustainable brand where we're going to be doing limited edition PCs, or at least not um, uh, not mass producing, not doing fast fashion. So, we're going to do good quality, um, unique uh, pieces for people who appreciate quality and they want something a bit special. And um, we've got a, an item coming out. It's a collaboration with uh, Ton of Arc, who is a dear friend, Derek Boyd, um, very talented artist, uh, US-based musician, DJ, composer, producer, painter, um, fashion, <laughs> jack of all trades. But if, if, if you think I'm a Swiss army knife, um, he should look up from uh, <laughs> Ton of Arc. He, uh, yeah, he's he's definitely got a few more a few more added extras. <laughs> Do you? Know, I, I I kind of find like you 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 find that with every single person that works in the events industry, there's they never have 
they never have one thing that they're working on in terms of events. It's always they've got events and then they're a DJ or they've got uh, this part and then they've, they're a painter or there's always these different creative for sure, and yeah, and, and and I think that's obviously that's probably why we do what we do. I guess it's that uh, you know that drive to, to you know to want to create, to want to collaborate, to want to sort of you know express oneself in in uh, in as many different mediums as possible. I guess provided one skill set is there. So yeah, and I mean I think I guess that's a that's that's a that's a good point. That's a good observation. Yeah, so I've got there with Eric just to quickly uh, finish on on my last point. So we're doing a Peace silk kirobe. So I've coined that term. So kirobe is a kimono-inspired robe, and we're using peace silk. Uh, basically, means that uh, the silkworm has been allowed to uh, fulfill its natural cycle um, rather than, you know, being terminated in order to extract the silk. Uh, and Derek's painted a, a beautiful, beautiful piece of art called Inspiro, and I've uh, uh, taken that and print and uh, put it onto the piece silk and we're going to be making 10 limited edition um, key robes um, which should be out early next year um, and with RPMM because of what COVID has meant for all of us um, uh, as a species it's really made me think even more about climate change and our impact on climate change and, and, and what could be lying ahead in terms of you know, other pandemics, other disasters, and the fact there's actually no vaccine for it. What we now, we all hanging by, you know, on the edge of our seats waiting for a vaccine for climate change. Um, it's made me realise, or at least think out loud, that there's no vaccine for climate change. So I'm starting, and I've started this campaign called No Vaccine for Climate Change, which is a, a, a an awareness in climate change awareness initiative i've partnered up with an ngo in brazil um created the cement uh, so the seed network they are doing amazing amazing work in the Cerrado region uh, using non-invasive techniques uh to help restore the Cerrado savanna um, also known as the cradle waters uh which is a an important critical biome in south america and um, alongside, obviously, with our PMM brands, we're going to be doing a series of uh, events um, to raise awareness and to raise much-needed funds uh, for um, RSA, Red the Cements in Brazil, um, you know, to, to, to draw attention to climate change and to obviously to do our part to, to protect our, our future and prevent mass extinction. It sounds like a really uh, amazing project to be a part of and, you know, kind of having that aspect it almost ties in everything that you have done you know you were talking about the the fashion side of it when you first come over to London now you're kind of there with the fashion still when you're looking at more of the sustainability and the ethically produced uh, products and then you're kind of also doing you know the RPMM stuff which is is in Portugal which is where where you grew up it's you know it has it it's made people this current situation has made people think about the different parts within events or or the different paths within events and the different ways in which we want to want to go with it but it seems like for you it's the fingers in pies but also the there's a bit more focus on the the things that actually mean more to you 
Yeah, no, 100%. I mean, I couldn't have said it better myself. Um, that's absolutely right. I mean, I think, you know, you know you've know, you hit the nail on the head. And, and yeah, I'm just literally trying to be a bit more self-aware and a bit more conscious about you know, how and how I do things and, and, and why I do them. Um, and, you know, this was always there on the background. But obviously now it's front and centre. Uh, whilst before, I think I was kind of trying to, you know, try and do things on a quiet. But I think if you, you know, you got, you got to, you got to wear these things with your heart on your sleeve. So yeah, that's exactly, that's exactly right, Dan. And and just one small uh, adjustment there. So with RPMM, we actually now, uh, how can I put it? We're going to be focusing in the UK rather than doing events abroad. Uh, we also just want to look at how much we travel. Uh, with the brand, um, but we obviously will be looking to collaborate maybe doing satellite uh, uh, events um, with, our, with our friends uh, internationally. But we're focusing on uh, on working uh, within within the UK, within Europe, um, and trying to you know to to have a positive impact uh, um, in, in this region um, because obviously a lot, a lot of the decision making. You know, unfortunately, it's done. You know, around these shores, and and, and some of the, you know, the 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 uh, you know the the big the the, the the big you know influences in terms of you know politics or or corporates that carry you know um, a lot of capital that can um, they can you know affect some possible some some change um, are, are, are within this this region and territory. So that's why you know we're kind of going to focus uh, uh, within Europe, within the UK. And uh, yeah, and see obviously what's up, what lies ahead. But yeah, you know, so it's so it's it's, ama- it's amazing stuff, Mario. Um, really is. We're coming to the uh, coming to the end now. Um, and is there um, is there any way people can reach out to you um, if they want to get involved in any of the projects that you're a part of? Um, you know, with the RPMM stuff and the the, the fashion venture. Yeah, no, one hundred percent. I'd love to hear uh, from anyone who's keen on, um, you know, getting involved in climate change awareness. Um, not just obviously uh, in Brazil, because this issue is affecting and affects, you know, the the world, uh, you know, the, the world around us. So by all means, it'd be really great if anyone's doing some great stuff there and they want to join forces. And um, if there's any crossover that we can kind of. Um, look into uh, please um, email us uh, at info at rpmm.global um, should then we'll uh, be able to share uh, our details um, with you guys and then um, with regards to the fashion as well you'll be able to reach me on that if you want to know more uh, about what's going on with that and what we do with regards to sustainability and how we're approaching that and who we're collaborating with and you know some of the challenges we've had and some of the lessons we've learned I love to uh, to uh, you know to um, to share and you know and brainstorm on, on both fronts. That's brilliant, uh, Mario. Um, thank you so much for your time. Um, I know you're a busy man, so um, it's very much appreciated. Um, and good luck with um, with the ventures, and um, hopefully it's kind to you. Amazing. Thanks so much. Thanks for having me. Th- thanks, mate. Thank you. Cheers, bye.